I get that. I get that. But is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? Yo. It's us. The guys. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. We live. How live are we exactly, though, Mouse? <laughs> all the way, son. All the way, son. And the vulnerable are powerful. The most gangster thing you could do is serve. Second most gangster thing you could do is tune into the All The Way Live podcast. That's us. That's this space. And this space appreciates you. Most definitely, most definitely. This is indeed the All The Way Live podcast. Every week, Brother Miles, myself, and you, we come here for the single purpose to put together some carefully curated content for people's craniums. Yep. And we do it. So even if for a moment we can be a positive space, man, we know people are going through it. COVID is how COVID is taking people through it. You know, people are going through COVID, people are going through financial issues, personal issues, health issues, whatever the case is. As people, both of us that have been through things like that, we feel honored to be able to create a space for people just like that. And we do that through conversation every single week, baby. Such a pleasure to be back with you, my brother. Oh, man. That words can't even do it justice, man. I needed this this week. I'm in such a good place. I'm just, I'm appreciative of you. And and like my brother said, no matter where you at on the map, no matter where you at in life, no matter where you at on the age spectrum, today you are in the building. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate y'all. And of course, come on. Come on with it. What would you what you got? I was gonna say we already got people in the comments talking talking trash. I just want to let you know that the stakes is a little bit higher this this episode around, but you you good. Oh, that's my man Big Chills. Nah, 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 nah. We can't let we can't we can't stakes. This is family. What you talking about, man? Oh man, that's love. See, you are most definitely in the building, chills. Uh, which is which is an even further emphasis on South Africa being in the building. That's always huge. Exeter is in the building, you know what I'm saying? By way of Johannesburg. That's my brother's way over there. Beanie Man today is he's dressed up. You kind of look like Beanie Siegel, actually. You know what I'm saying? With the like the military green. I feel that. I, feel that. <laughs> I was going for the Beanie Siegel feel for sure. Yeah, that's Beansy over there. So that's Beansy for today. Exeter is for sure in the building. And you already know what's going on, man. Chicago is in the building. This podcast is always always, always recorded on stolen land. You know, we got to acknowledge the First Nations, the Native American people that were here, that cared for this land before it was violently removed and taken from them. And the violence that was done to them and the removal of that land is inseparable from the state that we find this city in, the state that we find this country in, and the state that we find this world in. So every week we acknowledge that we appreciative to be in Chicago, this beautiful place. You know, it, it's it's complex, but it's it's so rich and it's so rich in culture. And so we always got to show love for all the spaces that we come from. You know what I'm saying? This side on the U.S. and on the South Africa side. So uh, with that, we lift up love for black and brown people the world over, for indigenous people the world over, intro over. What a show we got today, man. Let's get into it. Yo. The kids official sliding on the instrumental Nordic combos twist your mental like forbidden jits was my clicks initial Gotta love that transition that that theme always gets me I'm always like just getting greasy with it right when it right when it drops that's beautiful even wanting more yeah man it's it's definitely a cool thing to be able to to have part of the show because we worked really hard in order to trying to fit ourselves into it right like there's there's one thing about just like having a conversation but like including different elements that showcase who we are which is just at the end of the day these young black dudes who love hip-hop who love reading and who love just like sharing information and i feel like that captures it quite well absolutely absolutely and you know what i'm saying from everything the music the artwork just the the style of it you know i think matter of fact we need to get another cooler than black emojis joint switch up the wallpaper at a, at a certain point we come to the end of the year maybe we could switch it up for the new year i don't know new things coming soon man most definitely most definitely speaking of art this week there was uh art basil in miami right where all the 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 art uh, the the art lovers and the art experts flock to. Now, 
is that a type of space that you would find yourself into? Because like I, for one, I definitely know that I'm an Art Basel Miami type of dude. So I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? That is a given. Would you go? Of course. Of course. I mean, like, I'm so I'm not saying that I'm a Art Basel aficionado, right? But I'm saying that that's definitely a space that I would love to to explore. Um, my my gallery perusal experience currently consists of just checking out the neighborhood joints. There's actually a black owned art gallery on like 48th and Cottage here in the city in Bronzeville, right down the street from this little winery, this Bronzeville winery. So like that's the black mm-hmm. community in Chicago on the south side. Uh, and just to see those type of spots and opportunities pop up, I've been trying to take advantage of those. But a whole like festival, a whole like gathering, of, for, for yeah, art. for sure, for sure, I would love that. But the the issue now is that a lot of people, a lot of times, it gets diluted, right? You have a lot of people that eventually just come up and they show up for the the, oh, no. the, the pictures of it, the pictures of it, the baddies. It already of, got baddies south by southwested. It got south by southwested already, huh? That's definitely got South by Southwest. They're definitely uh, Art Basel groupies for sure. Dang. Oh, but look at... Yo, I'm checking out the comments. Chills was saying that uh, West Side Gun had a spade at Art Basel. That's ill. That's mad mm-hmm. ill. So mm-hmm. I guess that's what... I guess that's... And that's the interesting dynamic, especially that hip-hop always plays with, right? Where it's like something gets cool and gets recognition and then gets super saturated, right? Mm-hmm. Now everybody's in the space, which means that somebody who's dope who deserves the opportunity like West Side Gun gets the gets the look but it also means that you got a lot of people that are standing in front of West Side Gun's thing with the selfie stick <laughs> like this and that's not the culture that he that he was trying to that he made it for so it is an interesting dynamic you know for sure for sure but the relationship between art and hip hop has always been there like it's, it's always been close for a long time even like taking it back to the foundation of what hip hop is which is graffiti that is literal art Right. And so like that was the renaissance of hip hop, the holy trinity, as they call it, which was breakdancing, hip hop, uh, breakdancing, graffiti and uh, beatboxing, rapping. Right. That type of thing. (laughs) These comments is cute. Let's have have an honest moment about graffiti, though, man. How deep did you go in the graffiti hole? Because I know we all like those of us who (laughs) fell in love with hip hop. We all thought about the graffiti to a certain extent. How far did it, how far did you take it? Was you scribbling in bad notebooks? That's, but like, that's just the experience of growing up. I definitely wrote an S with six lines, three at the top, three at the bottom and connected them impeccably. I can still do that now if you want to, if you want me to get down to it, you know, but I'd say that's as far as uh, graffiti went for me. Funny enough, the last time I was robbed was on my way to do my first graffiti tag. So you know, already my relationship with it is, is quite poor. Y'all, dude, our relationship with hood shit is very interesting. Where you said this, the last time I was robbed, just the how many, like, multiple iterations <laughs> that that implies, but also the casualness with it. It was like, the last time I was robbed was such a, and, like, the lack of salt as well was just like, yeah. It's a very... <laughs> it's a hood uh, experience for sure. It's a dynamic podcast, man. We've been through some things. For sure. Hey, man, listen, but speaking off that tip of getting robbed and <laughs> just um, violence, right? A conversation that was brought forward to us by uh, a friend of the show was around hip hop being bad for your mental health, right? And this was off of a conversation where we were just kind of uh, discussing hip hop. And um, I think we mentioned Nipsey and we're like, damn, RIP. And then we mentioned Dolph shortly after that, we're like, damn, RIP. It was like, damn, man, you know, hip hop is really bad for your mental health. Now, I thought that was quite a profound statement, especially considering like the type of trauma that we actually have to go through loving this hip hop thing. Like we're deep in it and, we, and we're all like such fans of it. But there's no mistake in the fact that the, the feeling we get when, uh, when what has become a norm happens in hip hop, we're almost desensitized to it. I, I feel you. But I don't think it's fair to blame hip hop for us to have to for us to have to deal with that loss, right? Like we should be able to love artists, we should be able to love art, right? And it's always tragic when an artist's life gets cut short. When anybody's life, first of all, when a person's life gets cut short, especially in a violent way. But like we deal with that 
so hip hop is oftentimes it's gun violence. And I know for us as something that that's something we try to address on our work. We try to give kids opportunities that hits especially hard. Right. But you look at rock and roll, you look at guys like Kurt Cobain, you look at, you know, some of the other artists we've seen, you look at even Amy Winehouse, rest in peace to like these amazing souls, you know, but you, people have, we lose artists in a variety of ways, man, that life, yeah. that attention. Um, so I don't think it's fair to specifically blame hip hop. And I don't think because hip hop artists, rappers tend to die, um, at, un, in unfortunate circumstances, I don't think it's fair to say that hip hop is bad for your mental health. Yeah, but it is it is quite disconcerting at, for sure. Like the feeling that I got when Dolph passed, it was almost the same feeling I get when a school shooting happens, right? Which is, damn, this is sad. And it's truly like lives are lost and I empathize. They're children. The system is messed up. The whole range of emotions, but still... It, it 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 doesn't jerk to to like the deep core of the sadness. Like for instance, when we first started hearing of artists die, and I hear a lot of people that grew up around the Biggie and Pac era, that's what they they um that's what they relate this type of feeling in hip hop to as well. That's real. That's real, and that's a that's like a very interesting parallel that you just drew there, right? Like. We see this violence in the news and we see this violence. It's it sucks when that violence leaks over into our art, our the stuff that we go to get away from that and enjoy. Right. Like I think when we were even saying like rest in peace to Dolph, we had this conversation about that's the music I listen to when I'm in my most happiest, my most like not concerned about, you know, whatever's going on in the world. And to have that have this extra layer of heaviness and weight on it now does suck so i feel what you're saying but i think yeah no go ahead go ahead but because and we spoke about this last week right there's hip-hop means so much to so many of us like this is not just music to us this is a friend when you need it this is this is fuel when you're depleted like this is a source of so much meaningful energy to us on a daily basis. How many times do we pick each other, pick up the phone up and be like, bro, thank God for hip hop. That's what we call each other to thank each, like to thank, to pray together to the hip hop gods and say, thank you God for this music source. But that's, and that's why like, yeah, enough, when you, when you hit me up and was saying like, yo, the topic hip hop is bad for your mental health. I was kind of like, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Because as a person that is like, has been listening to hip hop invested in hip hop for such a long time. There have been moments where all I had was hip hop or all that kept me from doing something I shouldn't have been doing was hip hop or all that, you know, allowed me to express emotions that I didn't have. I say it on the podcast a bunch of times, man. Like one of my, one of the deepest things, the truest things about books and music to me, especially lyrical music is like, sometimes when you can't find the words to express your experience, someone else has found them for you. And when you can find that and have that laid out for you, that is such a release, man. That is such a important connection. And that has maintained the my positive mental health in so many ways, right? Hip hop is a tool that's, for that as well. That's dope. I, I love how you I love how you connect those two things, right? Which is um it, which is essentially like what hip hop can be from a positive, not just hip hop, but like just how you can engage with the positive elements of things. So check this out, right? Because where, where like, cause even when you first mentioned it, what I first, what I really thought you were, what you were mentioning. Right. And uh, yeah. When, so I'm checking out the comments again and uh, chills are saying, um, what about the impressionable youth though? And that's kind of where I'm going with it too. Right. The little peep generation. So there's this, there's this, there's this thing where you can criticize criticize hip hop if you want to, if you want to take the angle of right, like it's proximity to violence, right? And also it's proximity to drug culture, right? I think the immediate answer to that is kind of like there's there's the there's the art imitate life and life imitate art question, right? Kids are rapping around about what they see. Um I'm mad at myself for not remembering who said this. It was, I think it was like an old school MC. I think it was like Grandmaster Flash, but he was saying, uh, no, nah, I wasn't Grandmaster Flash, man. I just, nah, but it was, it, but it was, but it was somebody, it was somebody from the golden era and the, and the, the quote was, he was saying, if you want me to rap about 
flowers and uh, things that are happy, then why don't you come plant some flowers in my neighborhood? Because that's not what I see, right? So if people are if people are rapping about what they see, then I think there's a broader context we can have about what are the root causes of both that content in music and the violence, because the root cause of the violence is not the music. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. It doesn't start at the music, essentially. Right. It, it, it The music is then what becomes the the reality that we get to experience about the situation behind it. But then it makes me it makes me ask myself, right, especially off the back of how the proximity of hip hop to drugs and to violence, what responsibility do we have as, as let's say, I, I, I almost want to use the word worshipers of hip hop, bro, because like we, we ingested on like a, on a religious, almost to a religious extent, right? Like as, as the, as the congregates of hip hop, what responsibility do we have to take care of it when it's in a place of like this? So check where addiction this out, right? and violence are rife. You're our responsibility, right? As right, hip hop connoisseurs or whatever, however you want to call it, paint it, right? And man, the mm. comment section is crazy, man. We love this engagement, man. He's checking out the quote for us. Chills is the mm -hmm. man, homie. Shout out to Big Chills, man. So the so what we what we what we have to do, right, as as the listeners, right, is to understand our engagement with it, right? On the appreciation level, on, on what it does for us, appreciating the things that I was just alluding to in terms of what it's done for me and my mental health. And that means that it's important to pay your artists. So whatever, make sure that that's why, you know, whether you're buying vinyls, whether you're buying merch, whether you're going to shows, whether you're just making sure that you're using your Spotify subscription and not illegally downloading music for the artists that are really supporting you like that, that and that you want to support back, like that you really fuck with their music. That's that's important, right? But then there's this whole other aspect where what is your relationship to the music? So when I listen to music, we talk about the relationship to violence and, and drugs, right? As yeah. a young kid, I can't I can't lie. When I when what I wanted to do for my situation was sell a little weed, it felt good to hear that repeated in the music. Yo, right? yo, did you just incriminate yourself on this podcast? Did you weed is legal, nigga, in Chicago? Okay, go ahead, brother. My bad. So, I'm both have to die hard. And but why would you emphasize the incrimination? Like, why would you like? Why would you... <laughs> My bad, dude. Just, this is this is a close anyway. conversation. It's just family. But anyway, let's check this. Let's check this out. Right, check this out. So, so in a position, if if I'm if I'm deciding to sell a little weed, right, to hear that reflected in the music feels really good, right. But on the flip side of that. I got to understand the reasons why I'm doing that. I got to understand that there's a, what's my, there's a home situation. I'm not selling weed just, just because I heard it in a song and that's what I want to do. Right. There's a home yeah. situation. There's a, there's a provide, there's a desire to provide. There's a desire to have, there's a desire for materialistic things. There's a desire for the social clout that that creates in your social network. Right. My, my responsibility, maybe that I'm too young to understand parental advisory parents what are your kids listening to right as a teenager is mm. to be like what what am i what is my relationship to this music and why does it feel so good to hear that represented and how far am i going to allow that good feeling to push me right yeah now that gets yeah. different that gets the stakes get much much higher when we start talking about gun violence but there's a very distinct just point i want to make about um the perpetration of gun violence and the feelings that are connected to it in the music. But I want to open it. I just said a lot of things. I want you to be able to respond. Um, I mean, the the main point that, that you made that, that I appreciate, right, is alluding to the deeper root causes that come behind what we end up seeing being the, the art manifesting itself, right, which in this case would be hip hop. And we see it through the music, through um through even even the characters that are, are within that universe, right? Like they all are reflections of where they come from. And so maybe if we can appreciate this art form as a reflection of the reality of the people that come from it, as opposed to um, judging the people that are within it as the front runners of those issues or whatever the case may be, it cut these cut these guys a little bit of slack. But still, man, it's it's um it, I I still wonder if there's if there's more to be to be done because drug addiction is rife 
drug addiction is rife, dude. It's it's such a it's such an an issue. It's such it's such an issue. Um, violence is high. The the culture of instant gratification via social media is, is really polluted. Um, just the way that people engage with each other, you know what I mean. And it's um it, it it's increasingly becoming increasingly the the issues that we are exposing ourselves to are becoming too big for us to be able to handle them on our own. They 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 would almost need outside intervention like our addiction to to this you, like you would almost have to go somewhere <laughs> you'd have to like yeah. go away to yeah. to stop our addiction to that yeah well the expectation is that you have it now right like everybody expects you to be accessible through your phone but what you said about social media and instant gratification is so important to like yeah this whole conversation right because so peep this right there's when I listen to music, I can listen to music that has themes about that are responding to a violent environment that I might not necessarily, I mean, well, I mean, not have that when I listen to it, when I not at every point in my life have I been faced with that environment, right? But it fits I that in my head when I'm listening to hip hop, when I'm listening to overcoming your opposition, right? When I'm listening to um thinking and strategizing about the different ways that I want to maneuver both as a leader of the people that I'm with, but also as a man in the world, that is how I contextualize hip hop. Right. And that's mm -hmm. reflected in the hip hop that I lift up the most when I'm talking about Lupe Fiasco, Kendrick, um, Royce, the five, nine, uh, mm -hmm. when I'm talking about these, these artists that, that I listen to and I really, really big up, Jay-Z, right? Uh Talib Kwali, right? Like there's most deaf. There's there's a there's a and I'm not trying to just big up the lyrical miracle rappers, but I'm saying those are the people, and even the Meek Mills, the Kevin Gates, right? Like the people whose persona, the people whose attitudes and at least reflection upon life and their circumstances ref encourages me to do the same. But it doesn't have to yeah. mirror their exact, I don't have to be hurting people i can be overcoming the things that are obstacles in my way right yeah i have haters they don't have to be gang members right they can be a part of a different whatever affiliated with something else the competition in whatever sense and i can contextualize that in my brain that's my responsibility as the listener is to know yeah. how does that what is that context in my head and i always mm. just be passively listening because we do need to think about and digest the content that we put into ourselves definitely definitely hey mr miles xavier one of the things that um the show gives us a lot of joy in doing is being able to be suggested different topics um expose ourselves to different forms of information um and then synthesize that information and bring our conversation out of it right um and this week it's always it's always great when we get suggestions that are outside of let's say what would be our usual pull to you know <laughs> i think left with our left to our to our own uh left to our own objective we discuss hi hip-hop and racism all day <laughs> all day every day uh which is a beautiful thing man it's a beautiful thing but that being said this week we were brought into some pretty interesting information about what's happening in the uk at the moment and there's a lot of relevance for a conversation like this regarding migration, especially given the times. And if anybody is um, not particularly aware of the migrant status internationally, we're almost at a place now which um, migrant laws and laws against uh, different migrations are changing. They're changing like pretty, pretty quickly. And I think this is another example of it. So, um, that's that's the relevance element to 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 this conversation right what did you what did you think going into uh what we heard about the british the british law being changed uh i was scared <laughs> can can you introduce it though can you introduce it as well too yeah yeah so um the bear the 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 bottom line is that 6 million people in england are potentially eligible for being stripped 
of their citizenship. Um, the vast majority of those people are non-white people, right? 41% actually of non-white people are two in every five are eligible to, for the deprivation of their citizenship. Um, it's five, 5% of white, this affects 5% of the, of the white British population. Um, so does that, right? Um, being deprived of the citizenship in the country where you are a citizen, I don't, I've, I've never, I mean, as somebody who my, I'm second generation, right? So my parents, they're, they, my, well, my dad, on my dad's side, my dad's side grew up as immigrants from say kids, right? Um, and I, but I've always firmly known that being born here in the United States, I'm a citizen of the United States. Um, I'm hell bent on making Chicago uh everything that it can be so i've never really thought about like leaving and changing my citizenship uh, but this was the this this made me think of like what if the country i am from took away my citizenship <laughs> yeah and that's and that's what? what's happening that's exactly what's happening so essentially this bill um allows for uh british homeland security to be able to go into migrant status question migrant status set up these uh rather steep laws of uh migrant uh Migrant citizenship regulation. Uh, Preeti Patel, who is the uh, uh, the Home Secretary in the UK, um, rolling out this new bill. Essentially, if you were, if for instance, in your case, right, a second, uh, a second hand, a second citizen migrant, your citizenship can be questioned and then also revoked from you. And you see that they, especially, um, it's effectively especially affecting people who are working these uh, public jobs too, who get their pay cut cut away from them because they can't prove citizenship. And some of the things that they're asking them to prove are ridiculous, like a proof of ID for every single year you've been in the UK. That, that's the equivalent of saying like, uh, like, dude, find me a slip of yours from four years ago. Dude, yeah, I've, dude, my driver's license is expired. <laughs> i'd be in so much trouble <laughs> you dig it. but it's real it's real that's what's happening but it's it's crazy because it's like i just just like for, for real on a human level like when you read this as somebody who has lived in multiple different countries right who has always like yeah you've always had been able to go home to south africa right like how does this make you feel, bro? Like when you read, like, cause you're there now of all places to be, you're in the UK now. Right. What? So like, <laughs> yeah. but like, you know what I mean? So like, just talk to me about how this, when you just like this concept, right? Like how do, what is this? What is this? How does this make you feel? Um, how, it, you know, Miles, it speaks towards a bigger issue that we're seeing, right? I don't have to look. Let, let, let me let me talk about home for me, right? South Africa at the moment. Currently, South Africa has over 7 million um, immigrants, 6 million immigrants going into 7 million immigrants, right? And the current economic status of the country is one that is imploding on itself and is just unable, it's unfeasible to be able to carry the weight of those migrants. Nonetheless, it is, given um, its proximity to a lot of these other countries, um, it's almost its obligation and duty to be able to take in people um, from these other countries, especially because at the time when South Africa was going through it, its um, oppression, oppressive situation, people fled those uh, fled South Africa and were welcomed into other countries. Granted, not in the same mass, um, but still, that still happened, right? So, I, I I bring that up to say, I think the line is a little bit difficult. When it comes to what if you're gonna just look at things from a black and white perspective and say economically doesn't make sense, yes or no, it will be easy to justify in a lot of places. Yes, it's right to be able to make more stringent migration laws. Yes, wait, it's wait, right wait. to be able like but well, this isn't migration though. This is like you you're a citizen. Like you're saying what you're saying, you're saying you could justify removing people who are citizens because they could potentially live somewhere else. Now, now, this this particular bill that's being spoken about, right, is a bill that is targeted for the migrants that are coming into the UK, and under it, it expands itself into this broader category of uh, regulating migrant 
citizenship by regular checkups and things of that nature, right? So the whole exercise is to stop people from coming in in the first place. But it also places at risk 6 million people who currently live there. Indeed, indeed. That's that's also a function of it. But all to say, right, all to say, just going, just going into that point, which is that if you're going to just look at things from a black and white economic perspective, that type of thing, it's easy to justify why this would be something that a government should enact. But if you're going to look at it from a, hum- a humanitarian perspective and you're going to look at it from a empathy level, you can appreciate that nobody flees their country with the with the shirt on their back to take a life-threatening trip across the world to another place by their choosing. Nobody nobody does that by just unless placed under significant circumstances to be able to do it, right? So there's that appreciation too that uh, to take into perspective. And and how do I feel about it, man? I think there's I think there's not enough empathy and there's too much rationality in these types of um in these types of things that we're seeing right now i don't think it's about a lack of empathy man i think it's a i think it's an intentional like when you like when you say it's it could be economically justified like i don't i'd like so immigration is its own is is a is a whole issue where all right you're trying to enter into a country right that is the reasons why people do that often require an empathetic approach, right? And we can have that conversation. But when we're talking about you've allowed these people to come to this country legally, period. Like they've come, they've come settled here, you've given them citizenship, right? I am operating, yeah. I'm not, I'm I'm operating as a citizen. I'm second generation. I I my parents came here, became citizens. And but because I could potentially the country that they're from will allow me to be a citizen there, too. I'm now at risk. So I was born in this country. Yeah. And now my citizenship can be removed. I don't think there's an economic I don't think there's any economic justification for that. No, you're right. You're right. And especially when you look at the history of of the UK with these types of decisions. Right. Speaking um, specifically about about Windrush. Right where you had in the 50s and 60s, they opened their borders welcomely to these Commonwealth countries, Barbados, Jamaica, um, inviting these people over to their country, promising them um, citizenship status um, so that they could help rebuild the UK after World War II. And then 50 years later, 60 years later, those same people are not being subjected towards these laws that you speak about. It's, it's, it's insidious. It's, it's, um, it's, it's very blatant and, and it's exclusive. And it's a, and it's a, in its intent to be exclusive, exclusatory. I don't, I don't think that's the word at all. But in order to keep people out, you know what I mean. It's it's very on the nose with what the intention behind it is. I I fully agree with that. Yeah, to keep people out in the sense that it's sending the message that if you if you even are to move here and through the strenuous process of immigration, uh, you you are able to become a citizen. You have a second. You have a lower class of citizenship. You, you, and like, I was reading this article in the guardian, bro. And I, and they were saying like, it's, a, it's they're basically telling you like, <laughs> you can, you can come here and move here, but we can, we have, we reserve the right to deport you at any time. Um, that's the, that, that, and I appreciate you bringing up Windrush because that whole debacle adds to the context of this, right? There's also the context of this, this, the same woman, right? Pretty Patel, her, she introduced a policing bill, which is, or, well, no, she didn't introduce the bill. She crafted into the bill, a very specific section about protesting, banning protesters from several actions that are fundamental to exercising protests, right? We talk often about on this podcast about, protest and organizing as a, as a form of expressing, you know, our, our social opinions, our, our agenda, what we want to happen. It's a huge part of organizing, right? So this, this bill bans protesters from locking, right? Which is essentially locking arms, attaching themselves to any thing, any business. Specifically, they says it can't, they can't attach themselves to another person, object, or to land. That's a fundal. That's a fundamental part of of protesting. Think about um, sit-ins. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. No, no, go ahead. I was saying, just think about sit-ins. Think about all the, when we think about protests, that's we, people, that's, that's a big part of it. That's a big part of how we can take up space as a collective that has, that wants to express our discontent, right? It also becomes under this bill, a criminal offense, a criminal offense to obstruct in any way, major transport works from being carried out. This don't scare you, bro. It, it definitely does. It definitely does. Um, especially, and you're somebody that organizes protests, right? So I fully understand that you un, you get the integral parts of like what it takes for one to have a successful um, social, to make a successful social statement like that, right? So under under that wording that she has put into into that bill, what does that say to you about the intention of how British police are going to be treating people who want to protest in this type of way. It speaks for itself, bro. The police would be entitled to stop and search people or vehicles if they suspect they might be carrying any article that could be used uh, in the newly prohibited protests, right? So anything that might be used in a protest where people would be locking or any anything where in a protest... <laughs> My body parts? <laughs> My body parts? Hey, man. Hey, Right. They also would grant the police the right to stop and search people without suspicion if they believe that a protest will occur in that area, right? I think this type of language speaks for itself. And in the context of, okay, so this is the type of cracking down you're doing on our ability to express ourselves. And and now you're saying that we reserve the right to deport anybody who, in the context of this, is very important. What they What they said is that they will, anybody who is eligible, right, is those... They can be made stateless so long as the government believes they are eligible for foreign citizenship and that their actions uh, or that they have conducted themselves in a manner which is seriously prejudicial to the vital interests of the United Kingdom. Let me I'm hold you on that point. Let me hold you on that point right before you read it again, because it does speak to a question that we're getting um, that we're getting in the comments. Right. Which what are the requirements for removal of a citizen of citizenship if you have citizenship under these bills? Foreign-born British citizens can be made stateless so long as the government believes they are eligible for foreign citizenship and that their actions and that they have conducted themselves in a manner which is seriously prejudicial to the vital interests of the United Kingdom, right? So as long as you could live somewhere else based on either where you were born or where your parents were born or your immigration status, if any of those things grant you citizenship somewhere else and that you have conducted yourself in a manner which is seriously prejudicial to the vital interests of the United Kingdom. I don't know. I, 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 I do a lot of good stuff for black folks. I'm sure there is a white person somewhere in the United States that would say, I have conducted myself in a manner which is prejudicial to the vital interests of their idea of the United States. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that <laughs> is such bad language that, bro, like I know that if that was over here, I would be in danger. For, <laughs> for facts. <laughs> like, and that's true. That's very true. And I, and I think you're right in that by leaving by leaving the wording so vague, it's intentional to be able to have it be loose and who it refers to. Right. And I think like if you do look outside of just not even just the UK, look at Spain, look at France, look at Italy, um, see what's happening with the immigration laws, the US prior to Joe Biden stepping in, even then, um, e even then the situation when we saw the Haitian, the Haitian migrants coming into the US and how that was handled, that was a whole thing too. So it does seem like this wave of, um, this this wave of let's say right wing rhetoric, extreme right wing rhetoric when it comes to migration, inclusivity, and um, how to just essentially just a uh, so social co community right is not being is not is not the norm, and we're actually seeing a wave of it um, going into where people are dealing with this like how they deal with it in Italy, where migrants talk about getting beat, migrants talk about getting arrested, beat to death. Um, there's a beautiful, there's a very dope uh, 
podcast, I forget the name, with Francis Ngannou, where he describes his whole process. Uh, UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou describes his process of leaving his country and coming into um, and coming into uh, France, right? And like what that took out of him to make it happen, man. So, um, yeah, it's 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 terrifying. It's terrifying to see that that's the way that the world is moving towards, and it definitely makes it it makes one have to think a little bit harder about where they want to consider home, the places that they want to visit, the the spaces that they want to go to. Because as a black man, that's something that unfortunately you have to carry on and think about. Like, what are the laws of a particular country when it comes to foreign nationals? And being in this country over here right now, news like that definitely is uh, disconcerting for sure. Do you remember earlier this year when on this podcast we talked about how the UK declared itself racism free? Do you remember that? Because <laughs> we that's a real thing that happened. I don't have the episode number. It on was hand. on the news. It was on the but, news. They they made a statement. They said UK declares itself <laughs> racism free. Turned around, rolled that paper up, and started beating migrants out of the UK with it. <laughs> Fam, this this is this is we got to call a spade a spade, bro. This is this is trash. This is this is exactly what we're trying to fight against. This does not speak to any type of sense of common humanity, empathy, equality, diversity and inclusion. All them words that your corporations are telling you that are now a part of your your project portfolio. This is this is this is not this is scary. This is families. This is people that have loved ones that are worried about whether they're going to be able to see them. People that are that have that don't know anything but the place that they live and have lived and that are now at risk, right? And to bring back the context of the protests, it's like, bro, you you're now stifling people's ability to express dissent with what the government's doing in front of our face. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this for the generations that are coming after us? Let's just have a think about what this is leading to. Let's just really have a think about how fast this, how fast we're losing, how, how how sure we are of the rights that we think we have and how fast we're losing them. Let's all just take this as a moment to just think very seriously about that. And if you want to see what that looks like in real time, uh, think back about the Hong Kong protests. Remember how big and how big and important those were? What happened to those protests? What happened to those protests? There was... Uh, in Russia, they had the the march against Putin earlier this year. Uh, two hundred thousand people got arrested in this in the same period. Two hundred thousand people got arrested. What happened to that protest? So, like, the act of being able to strip away those rights has some very very serious effects in it, especially when you have when when you will have youth or population whoever saying that we don't agree with what this government is doing and you are legally not allowed to be able to do that that allow that that just opens up space for impunity and that's exactly what we that's exactly what this looks like at the very least and it's people behind all this it's people it's people behind like it's it's people that are that are doing this we need to recognize that right like we we need to recognize like how do we confront the people that are to, that feel like this is what they want the country to be exclusionary, unsafe for people that aren't white. How do we confront those people? And how do we, how do we try and heal when we understand that these laws, these bills, these political games all affect real people on the ground? Like we got to lock up. That's what we got to do and get locked up for it, I guess. Cause I'm, I'm locking arms with all my homies. That's what I'm doing. Yep. That's what I'm, hey, listen. I'm, I'm locking in with everybody. Yep. We'll we'll continue to lock in. We'll continue to lock in. One of the things that we like to lock into is a section called recommended and review, brother Miles. Let's get in to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. But is we live though? Is we like all the way live though? You heard? Yo, we back. We back. We back. Uh, a, a show full, 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 full of so much content, so much 
getting messages coming in. Shout out, shout out, shout out. We got um a whole bunch of stuff that we still need to get into, Miles Xavier. This time of the year, music platforms get together, some better than others, and they take everything that you've listened to and they wrap it up and they give it to you in what they call a year-end wrap-up. I think everybody does a year-end wrap-up. Stores do year-end <laughs> wrap-up. They do sales. There's a year-end wrap-ups on TV. Joe Budden, Charlemagne the guy. Everybody does a year-end wrap-up. And we did one last year. <laughs> the year's about to end. I'm about to be wrapping Christmas presents. You cannot avoid a year-end wrap-up. I, I, that's what we should do next year. Is we should see if we can avoid any year-end wrap-ups at the end of the year. That would be fire, but we've already failed this year. Let's get into it. No, no, no. We haven't failed this year yet. There's still a lot of time not to do a year-end year wrap-up. This is... <laughs> uh, definitely yeah. not. Nah, but not check this out, though. Wrap-up. Check this out. No, it's definitely about to be a year-end wrap-up because I'm about to... I'm, I need to hear all the things that you've been listening to all year, and I need to tell you what you should have been listening to. So go ahead. Let's go right into it. I've I've, I've gotten a, a request to read a quotation um, relating back to a five dog uh, uh, five dog quote from my last um, from my last topic. Because people music. that go to work, yeah, right. That definitely fits into music and R.I.P. Five. Wow. Uh, there's people that go to work every day. There's people that are on welfare every day. There's people that go to the library that learn something every day. So unfortunately. These kids would rather listen to us kick it on a rhyme or verse than listen to their own teacher at school. On that note, they'll rather listen to us. We got to kick something else to them other than how many cars I got or how many chicks I brought home from the party last night. It's cool because I get down like that, no problem. But you know what I mean? Let's give these youth some nails. That's all this music is, a youth movement. If we fill it with nothing but bees, they're going to be out like that. Nice. Word. Word. And that's true, man. That's true. We got to we got to music can't be all one thing. Right. Music can't be all one thing. But the important the important statement in that is that, like, it can't even be all good. Right. Because that's not how we live. Right. But it need, but we need to make sure that the good is in there. It can't be all like he said, man, it can't be all money, cars and, and hoes. Um, but that's not all we got from Jay-Z. You know, that's not all we got from DMX. That's not all we got. So and and sometimes. We do need a we do need a somebody who's just bringing that. Sometimes we need a future because sometimes I I can't, I can't always listen to Lupe. I don't want to listen to Lupe while I'm drinking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> if you go to sip, if you go to sip Lee, I'd highly suggest not listening to Lupe. <laughs> but we need but we need everything. We need everything, and that's that's RIP Five Man Five was Five Five knows man. We need everything, and that means that this that that lyrical miracle stuff that I was bigging up can never die. But as the old heads and the lyrical miracle dudes, we got to know that. The youth have a voice too to express what they want to express. Period. You know. Yeah. Big up the youth, they're massive. Look, man. Um, getting into what is not definitely our year-end wrap-up. I'm just gonna go ahead, uh, talk about which uh were my top artists. Hit you up with a little bit of the top genres and some of the top songs, and break it down that way. You are still not on Spotify. Why, Miles? Do you hate nice things? <laughs> I was I was gonna say I don't hate nice things, but this is so close to the Apple earbuds conversation that I'm just gonna take it on the chin. I hate nice things because um, nice things are often basic, and that is fine for most areas of my life. But the areas of my life that I really really enjoy, like music, I go for the nerdier more in-depth, more entangled version that is clumsy to somebody who just wants the basic experience. That's why I hate nice things. Let's 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 end the fight here. Let's 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 just break it down here one time, right? Apple Music has title has the best um music information behind it and also has the best artist compensation behind it, right? It's clean. You get the title is like when you used to buy those old CDs and it's got all that information on it, who it's written by, the lyrics, the feel. That's what title is. Apple Music has the best interface. You get to customize your playlist pictures, which is dope. It's easy to use. It's smooth. Also, the music quality and the sound quality of it is higher. Spotify has a great music suggestion algorithm. 
And that's how it is. And I think like our but, future is one way we have all three. But check this out, right? And one thing that you're leaving that you're leaving out of that is that what I do with Apple Music, right, is that I have all of my music on a hard drive, right? I have copies of all of the music that I really love, right? I I, I own it, right? Like I have it. So if Apple Music or Spotify or anybody goes down, right? If Spotify, if somebody, heaven forbid, every, the building is empty, but does the Matrix Trinity blows up the elevator and the whole Spotify building, all the servers go down tomorrow, I can still listen to ESTG like it's today, right? Or if Spotify says, more realistic scenario, we're $50 a month now. I can still listen to ESTG for free, Right? What Apple Music allows me to do is it allows me to listen to all of that music right next to the any music that I haven't yet purchased, right? Mm. So that and and so ninety nine point nine percent of people don't care about that. If Apple Spotify crashes, then they'll get on Apple Music, right? So like to answer the question in the comment, I don't bulk download music. What I do is I'll if an album comes out that I really really like, I'll listen to it on the streaming. And I'll download the whole thing if I really like, like Isaiah Rashad, The House is Burning, downloaded that. Uh, ben Staples, um, I forget the name of the album, but uh, taking, I don't know, it's called Ben Staples. Ben Staples, Ben Staples, downloaded that yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, what else did I download? Off Season, J. Cole, downloaded that, right? ESTG, listened to the whole album, downloaded uh, Turn This in the City, uh, We Know, take three or four tracks. So I'll listen to the, the albums from artists that I really like download the tracks that I really that I really like um, and buy the albums for the whole albums that I really like. And then stuff that I just listen to here and there, I just listen to streaming. What so do you mean by I, download? I'll buy, I'll buy it. You can buy, you can still buy music on iTunes, bro. You can like buy an album. Or what I okay. did with like Isaiah Rashad because I really liked it is I bought the vinyl. That joint ain't even shipped yet, but you get a copy of the, the you get a Damn. free copy of the thing with the, with the vinyl. The vinyl's going to ship this next year. Um, but that's how I support the artists that I really, that I really rock with. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, and that's expensive. Like, and I'm in a, and I'm in a very, you know, I'm in a great place to be able to spend seven ninety nine, nine ninety nine, twelve ninety nine. 99, 12 99. Whoa, big baller. I, well, but that's, that adds up, right? If I just name four albums, that's 50 bucks that I'm spending on music when I'm also paying for Apple music. Yeah. Like that's, I'm not, you know, I'm not. Flush with cash like that, so it is. I a, don't know, bro. It's kind of what it sounds like a little bit. It's a commitment to 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 those specific artists that make the stuff that I really, really rock with, right? I want reason to get that money from me, right? I want you know, um, Boogie, Westside Boogie. You know, I want I want to be it, yeah, to be able to say that. And so, and also, I do a little bit of DJing, so it's important for me to have the MP3 files. But all of that to say, ninety nine point nine percent of people don't care about that. But that is, but that is a huge. But like, if we talking about, if we really like, if some tech stuff happens, like if you can't get on the internet, if you don't have Wi Fi, if your app crashes or they get canceled, or we find out that the dude who runs Spotify was chilling with Epstein or whatever, you don't want to support it anymore. De decentralized music. Yeah, it's definitely decentralized music, man. Um, off of that, Rashad, I'm glad you mentioned him. Um, if we're getting into what is not our year-end wrap-up, but us wrapping up what you. we listened to this year, is uh, Isaiah Rashad was top for me. Uh, Isaiah Rashad came out top. Top artist, Isaiah Rashad. Number two, Fabo. Three, Benny the Butcher. Um, yeah, that's... That's kind of how that balances out for the boy. Dude, I think that The House is Burning is the best album of the year. I think that um, still there's few albums that you can put next to it in terms of cohesion, widespread, um, widespread enjoyment, uh, top to bottom listen, uh, near perfect album, given the stakes when it was dropped, all of that. Um, all of that, all of that, all of that. And still it performs very well. Um, I put that there. And then second to that, I'd have to put that uh, Matt Kami's Pay for Paris, uh, Pray for Haiti. That came out this year as well. Um, that that'll be my number two album of the year. And then um, Fabo's album, I think, clearly is going to take that third spot for me. Well, I appreciate doing this podcast with you because you mentioned all of the things that I would be sad if I if I didn't mention um 
even so that, and that frees me up to mention a lot of things other things so i'm so i'm kind of cheating because you know that isaiah Rashad is 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 crazy that fabo so i appreciate you throwing those out there um i had benny in my top five i had benny 42 doug and uh who else was in the top ben staples uh brent fias robert glasper you know what i'm saying um but uh, that Vince Staples album is up there too. But you know who else is popping up and only dropped the album recently in my uh, my 2021 is this Mick Jenkins. Now you want to talk oh. about a well-crafted album. That mm-hmm. Elephant in the Room by Mick Jenkins is some serious hip-hop at its, at its most comfortable. That is some comfortable, cozy hip-hop, bro. Yeah, I think Mick Jenkins really puts himself a a few steps above chicago rappers with this one i I mean like if you if you take him out of the lane of that dirkio and i'm riding in right the the mainstream chicago hip-hop scene you want to talk shout out dirk shout out dirk hell of a year um if you want to if you want to speak about hip-hop in chicago in the underground sense i think um this album makes mick the king of that undeniably and that's hard and i don't want to even have a uh a wrap-up non-wrap-up conversation about rap, you know, without bigging up. Uh, Voice of the Heroes, that's a project that dropped this year. Come on, man. Dirk and Baby, I still Hard. go back to that. There's some there's some songs on that that, that hats off, um, OK, uh, mm-hmm. Steel Hood. There's some, and even Dirk's solo project. Uh, those, are, those are definitely, definitely in there. Um, in terms of, you know, in terms of that conversation, in terms of what they meant to the culture. Uh, every time my phone died and I didn't, and I lost my phone, my car stopped being connected to Bluetooth. I definitely heard Lil Dark or Lil Baby. Mm-hmm. I promise you that's what was on the radio. I think those uh, two are some of the hardest working rappers of the year, Dirk and Baby. Big facts. Big facts. Big facts. But no no slouch to ESTG, 42 Doug, um, even, even Sada Baby, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of artists that are that are getting it out. Even Key Glock, rest in peace to Dolph. Like there's there's a lot Damn. of artists that Moneybag Yo. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. We took way too long to mention Moneybag Yo in terms of in terms of this year. Like you know, I'm not I'm not bro. I've, and I was big on Moneybag Yo before, but I can't necessarily say that that is at the top of the list for me. You know, Moneybag Yo is the person right now that is making people show up. The money bag yo is, is is the song where every every couple of years there's an artist where they always they gonna show up when they are featuring with this artist and money bag yo is pulling incredible performances out of folks and I think that speaks to how people are, are seeing him if not if not the if not the industry um, and if and if not as an artist that's making complete albums as the rappers I I feel the respect for money bag in the industry. From what he's been able to do and the sound that he's been able to push, uh, yeah, I can respect that. I can respect that. Um, a lot of people would also put that West Side Gun up on there, you know. Um, uh, that that uh, Hitler wears Hermes Eight, uh, calling it some of his best work uh, in a very very long time. I'm inclined to agree. Uh, definitely, definitely that 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 West Side. Uh. I feel like Freddie is is holding on to something. I feel like we're gonna get some Freddie before the end of the year, but some a hell of just some just some crazy songs that drop. Big Boss, Rabbit, Gang Signs. Uh, Freddie gives everything. the best rapper out right now, bro. Freddie gives the best rapper Man. out right now, bro. Freddie gives is the best rapper out right now. Like, look, like it's it, people want to get sensitive about that conversation and i get it because a lot of times we got to talk about the records that are being sold we got to talk about the image we got to talk about likability uh, or just hot songs when we when we when we say who's doing something that's so hot that a lot of people can't do is what freddie gibbs is doing yep yep and yo Based on the, I mean, I I thought of it because of the Freddie Gibbs joint, the freestyle just released. But Jadakiss, we want to talk about longevity, is making crazy, crazy moves. Like, the continued to show up on these freestyles, deliver verses. But we can't forget that part of this year was that Dipset Locks thing. Ooh. Where it was a little, where we where we saw a little, that the Locks is a little something different. A little something that hip-hop is, is unquestionable. Man. 
Man, yeah. listen, and, and and you know one of my favorite quotes in life comes from the locks. Sitting at the table planning, plug the fan in, let the sweat dry off, and then grab the cannon. Man, I love the locks. That 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 uh versus was beautiful. I'm glad versus is able to now bring us this form of type of entertainment, man. Me personally, I really had a lot of fun watching that. That that was quintessential hip hop, man. Yeah, yeah. So we're in a blessed time. I know we're running up on time, but I got to do what we got. This is for you. This is my gift to you at the end of the year. Give them the R&B wrap up. Come on. Oh, Miles, don't do that to me, sir, because, you know, uh, last week we dropped my uh, my favorite rappers keep dying. We put that into the link this week. um, We're going to be adding in another playlist link called I didn't mean to turn my heartbreak. And I didn't mean to turn my pain into a fire playlist from yours truly, all R&B. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 nah, you got it, son. Matter of fact, just wrap up the whole pod after that. You got the, you got the rest of it. I want, I want to take credit for it. I want to take credit for it, but I definitely stole it from a... Uh, I, I I stole that from a from a Dirk feature, no cap. But still, nevertheless, man, um, a, a pretty dope year for R and B, all around. You know how I feel about that Fabo. That Fabo is um pretty incredible, dude. And I love the fact that it actually comes from Selection, which we have been following for a very very long time. So that Fabo came out yeah. great. Um, that Zillow where the where the flowers grow. Can't wait to see her live in Bristol next year she's going to be around my way i'm going to definitely go um and check that out if you are also like me and you're into uh you're right that summer walk album is definitely growing on me too brother that is um up there yeah. it's, it's good it's good disappointment yeah. a bit bro um I, I, I was hoping i'm oh, sorry 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 go ahead. i was saying I was, I was hoping more from silk sonic man if i'm being real yeah, um, to be real, I haven't gotten that and the Adele album are still kind of um, I've jumped in and out, but I haven't been able to give them the full listen. Um, I won't say disappointment uh, because it's a different if I hadn't heard those two singles, if I just put that album on and 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 heard that with and that's what I've been saying about music for a minute. Like sometimes if you don't if you don't got a whole project of them joints don't release them best two joints and then release the project. Hmm. You know what I mean? Just give them, like, let me hear them joints. Cause that's going to elevate the whole listening experience. If I, if, if, um, what's not leave the door open. What's the other one? Oh, come on, bro. If the, if, if, but any, even leave the door open, bro. Uh, smoking out the window, smoking out the window. If smoking out the window smacks me in the face on my first listen to that album, it's a different experience than if I'm looking at the playlist, hoping any of the other songs are going to be as good as that and what I've heard. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I need more Anderson Pack next year. Listen, man, I don't know where this podcast goes to or where it reaches to, but I'm speaking directly to the ears of Mr. Pack right now. We need, we need Need, need, need a new Anderson uh, album away from Dre, away from uh, Bruno Mars. Bro, Malibu is still one of my favorite albums of all time, bro. And what he was dropping before before the, the Dre Anderson was complete gold. And not to pit an artist against his former works, but I still say that this is one of the most creative, talented people that we have within this hip-hop R&B space. And we need a new project from that man. I hey man, I support that. Mo from Anderson, uh, for Miles too, please. I'll have what he's having. And also, uh, as long as we're talking experimental R and B, that now album. And then life is beautiful. Still not over that. Still not, still mm-hmm. not still Summer Walker still over it. Still not over that now album. Oh, mm-hmm. still not over that. That is fire. Um Her's project is dope, man. Uh I've been, I st- you know, you know what's funny, bro? I still been running that that Tiana Taylor album. That Tiana Taylor album is still one of like just as an R and B. Ooh, that just that just that touches my soul. Um, Definitely, Thames, Fire, yes. Uh, can't 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 finish the year without mentioning Thames. Even that last Woodskid album, man, very 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 good. Some very nice chilling in the house on the couch music, man. 
Um, I want to say that this Jordan Rakai album was from 2021. Oh, damn, it was from 2020. Um, yeah, man, that would put my wrap up in it. I hope to see more live shows next year. Uh, more from Pac, more Kendrick. Please, please, please. Um, new seasons of day, new seasons of Atlanta, man. This year is about the action pack with content, action pack with entertainment. And we are going to come here every single week and bring that to the people. That's right. That's right. And we do that for one reason. And that reason is because Christmas mm-hmm. is coming. This is a gift. It is a gift to be here with y'all. We are gifted. You are here with two gifted brothers. We got a gifted audience. We got a gifted comment section. Shout out to Big Chills. You know what I'm saying? They're holding us down the whole time. Okay, well, soon, my nigga. Yeah, big facts, big facts, big facts. Lifting up help for chills, man. Um, any excuse to just to just love yours, man. Let's let's take it. We we've covered some heavy topics this side. Brought it back with some hip hop, which just speaks to how important it is to have a space to talk to your family, speak to your peoples, spend time with the folks that you love and that that big you up and that can rile you up with arguments about hip hop and politics and immigration and love and community and support. This is a celebration of all of those things. This is a celebration of life. This is a celebration of celebrating. This is a celebration of how good it feels to be black. Don't it feel good, Sway? It's my favorite thing. And we hope that it feels good to be you. So no matter wherever you at, no matter what you're doing, man, take a moment. Breathe that air in. Taste that air. Ah, it tastes good, don't it? Yup. Eat something delicious. Hug somebody you love. Peace. Water. Like that. We gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. But is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard?